There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you live a life that's empowered by the love for life. This is your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and today with me here, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming John McDonough. Hey, John. Hey, Amrit. So John has cultivated a very successful year in the past in investment management businessing. For 25 years, he served a variety of functions for Russell Investments, who is a global leader in invest, institutional investment services. As the Director of Business Development for Russell Securities, John played a crucial role in launching and growing a paradigm-shifting investment service that grew from 700000 in revenue to $10 million in its first two years. It's about then that John moved into a director role where he managed C-suite relationships that were responsible for investing $1 billion to just about $250 billion in assets. Notable clients included the Principal Financial Group, AT&T, and Shell. A little bit about John's story. The, the global financial crisis led to Russell downsizing, and John was the most senior executive to be let go. At the time of his departure, his group was generating about $125 million in annual revenues. John accumulated a significant amount of personal assets during his successful career and used this opportunity to retire early. You! Still... You! It was devastating blow to his ego and made a shaking marriage more tumultuous. Him and his wife separated in 2010 and finalized a divorce in 2012. The next several years provided the time and space to grieve loss and set the stage for creating a new life. John volunteered in hospice and local food banks. He discovered yoga, rekindled his love of cycling, and he absolutely loves hiking. And in, mm. pro- in the process, he lost about 85 pounds that he'd, been working long, uh, that he'd put on from working long hours um, and you know, he, he, at the, his time at Russell, he was traveling probably about three quarters of the time. And, uh, he also ended up reversing the diabetes that he'd been diagnosed with after he retired. John then fell in love. Him and his partner spent a considerable amount of time in the outdoors. Um, they spent time hiking, cycling, backpacking in the mountains around Seattle. This was a very healing and transformative period. 
The greatest transformation for John came in late 2016. He sold his house in Seattle and his partnership came to a close when they acknowledged their own paths which were diverging and they needed to move in different directions. John first travelled to Peru to explore both the external and internal life. He, uh, he visited Machu Picchu and climbed both mountains in a day and the following day experienced the worst mountain biking accident of his life. It set the stage for a week-long retreat that gave John ample opportunities to explore the inner dimensions of his life. Mm. He then spent the next week in meditation and contemplation focused on exploring three areas. One, deeply examining the self-created obstacle and challenges, which basically represent fears um, that had kept him from fully blossoming into his full potential. Two, diving deep into internal places and looking at things he didn't like or normally couldn't see. He calls this spending time in his shadows. Mm. And then three, getting clarity on what he should be doing when he grows up. <laughs> Untethered and with assets, John wanted to discover the best way he could contribute to the greatest good. So post that, John continued traveling, visiting Mexico and New Zealand before landing in Australia five months ago. John considers himself extremely blessed for the lessons presented to him on his life's journey, for gleaning wisdom from those lessons, and for integrating that wisdom into and to cultivate a more meaningful and loving life. So in the last year, he spent the majority of his time in his heart, not in his mind. He apprehends understanding that his mind and knowing in his heart that great strength comes from being vulnerable, that miracles and magics abound surround us, and that when he cultivates and nourishes his love for himself, his capacity to radiate love to others is greatly increased and enhanced. John loves who he is, the man he is becoming, and the man he is yet to become. Such a blessing to have you here. Well, it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, the invitation is uh, is uh, is uh, is perennial. Is is always open to you, brother. <laughs> always, always open to you. I um I have to say, since the outset um of establishing this podcast, it was uh, it was always clear to me that yeah, uh, I was really excited to to share your story mm. and um. And just because your story has had such an such an impact on my on my life, mm. and um, I think that's a big part of the Inspired Evolution show, which is, you know, uh, I've been so inspired by those around me. Classic example yourself that it's just been inherent that I have to. It's almost like an obligation to now share that on because it's mm. that that service that I'm like inspired to provide. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> so much love. Um, so the so the agenda. So I guess uh, if I may speak from the heart to sort of open up, um, kind of what's what's I guess filling in the people that are listening as to why I had this intention from the outset to get you on the show is, um, and I know it's been a bit hard because you've been traveling around a lot. Mm. Um, is that you know we met we met in Peru earlier this year January, December and actually of last year. Yeah, December, that's mm. right. And I came back in January. Mm. Yep, yep, thank you. And uh, yeah, beautiful mountain retreat in Peru. Uh, life-changing, absolutely incredible to meet you there. Mm. And, um, and since then, uh, you know, you've, you've had your journey and then you happen to be in New Zealand. And it was just this, are you coming or what? <laughs> and then you came over and it was just this amazing time that we, uh, we basically lived together for... Two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were here for I think two, three days, and it, that that blew out into two months, and yeah, it was an absolute treat. And um, I, yeah, I, I received a lot from just having you around. Mm -hmm. um, 
and yeah it was it was definitely something that was it was easy to do you know it was mm. which was yeah which was sensational and uh so really getting to the crux of why i'm so inspired by you is that um you happen to be actually the same age as my father mm. um and me and my dad have a great relationship you know it's it's we have a banter and we're friends totally um but there's this there's this something interesting about the friendship that you and i have it's uh like i really enjoy talking to you and you know it's it's always very easy very flowy um that i often forget mm. that you're the age of my father mm. and for me that's really inspirational because it's not just a reflection of i guess it, it it permeates all the way through the thread of your being the way that i see it because what i'm i guess i'm trying to mince words but i guess the way my dad looks at life at the moment i'm aware that he's looking at most chapters closing mm. yeah even he's got his own spiritual practice so he's very grounded in that um but that's the that's the vibe that is that is present he's recently retired and he worked for 30 years and he worked really hard and it just seems like okay he's not really sure what's what's coming up next and you know so most it just chapters closing chapters closing chapters closing is kind of the the feel that i get um it's still very poetic and very romantic but it's um yeah it's just an interesting juxtaposition to someone that's exactly in his same age and is you which is life is just starting like I, i see you and it's just like there are new chapters new pages being written every moment every day and it's like yeah it's is is phenomenal so john has been traveling around australia in a camper van for the last 3 months 3 months yeah. uh, after you left me this is yeah. what you went and did you went up to byron and why don't you tell us like what yeah tell us you tell us from the horse's mouth what's been going on Since oh. you left Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, since I left Melbourne. Let's see. Melbourne. <laughs> I was actually down in Melbourne for 2 months pronouncing it Melbourne. <laughs> and nobody down here corrected me. It took someone in Sydney, which is the first place I visited. Yeah. And while I was up there, uh, I met some wonderful people and uh, then journeyed up to Byron, uh-huh. checked out that place, saw friends, journeyed back down to Sydney, bought my hippie camper van yeah. and started traveling. Um I've been up and down between um uh, here and Byron three times I think in the last three months. Um That's a lot of miles. It, uh, a lot of kilometers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I remember when we first got here and uh, we were commuting around the car. Uh, it's it's very poetic to be uh, to be corrected by you in that. Yes, we is. we used to be driving around in the car and John would put the GPS on and the American voice on his GPS would say turn left in so many miles and this many feet um and the speed was this many miles per hour and I was like man you you've got to change that if if you're going to live here you got to get into kilometers and now I'm being corrected into kilometers yeah well thank you yes it's I, wonderful I love to irony. see you. <laughs> <laughs> and synchronicity there's something synchronous I think that might be that. I think that might be a milestone I think you've assimilated <laughs> I think so I think so and you were the first person you were the one who actually gave me the little phone chip for for converting my phone to an Australian phone number. Yeah. So so the assimilation into uh into becoming Australian <laughs> is is well on its way. Um but yeah, since coming down from uh Sydney the last time, I spent a little bit of time in Melbourne and then headed north to to Alice, Alice yeah. Springs. And uh that was every bit as incredible as all of the other visits because I took time um to drop down into Oulu and and uh 
Kala Judah and spend eight days in virtually silent meditation and contemplation. Spent two days at each of the sacred sites and then um, actually camped in a free campground and like just 20 meters from my hippie camper van was a sand dune upon which was just this incredible straight on view of Uluru. And so I, I sat and uh, one day I, did, I spent an entire day in just a, a private meditative um, session. I mean, just, I don't know, from probably about 8 a.m. until the sun went down. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. Beautiful. Incredible. Uh, it was really great to drop into shadows. Yeah, right. And um, process that. And so, do you want to describe it? what, like, for 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 the for the lay listener, what you mean by when you say shadows? Yeah, the, the, for me, the shadows are are uh, those dark places within myself, within my psyche, my heart, my soul, my mind, however you want to term it, all three combined, where. Um, where reside the experiences of, of in the past, uh, where I did something maybe I wasn't really proud of, maybe ashamed of, guilty, uh, things that I wish I hadn't done that I did, hmm. um, fears, insecurities. Yeah. For me, in this particular instant, instance, I spent a lot of time contemplating two things. And the shadow that I dropped into was profound loneliness. Um, wow. Yeah, and 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 it, if you'll, if you'll, um, I can't think of the word. If you'll let me share, I'll, I'll share. Oh, on please, that. please, yeah, yeah. So here I am, sixty-two, not your typical sixty-two-year-old. <laughs> not your typical sixty-two. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I I, I really consider myself to have been reborn. Yeah. Uh, uh, in in December of two thousand sixteen, the 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 retreat was absolutely the most beautiful and transformative week of my life. Um, Would you say that this enthusiasm to take life by the horns wasn't there prior to that retreat? No, no, I, I would not say that. I've, I've always been enthusiastic, but um, before the retreat, a couple of things. One, I spent way, way, way uh, too much time in my head. Yeah. And, and <laughs> not in my heart. I wasn't comfortable being vulnerable. I don't think I'd ever told a man that I love him. Before before going to Peru, I personally find that really hard to believe because I, I love you. I know, and I love you. And in all honesty, I love all of the viewers that, that are out there. Yeah, you know, one of the mantras that I share uh, multiple times a day, just spontaneously, is that um, I love me, mm. I love you, I love all, mm. and. Um, I think you would affirm that I'm I'm a person who spreads an abundance of joy oh, and love totally. wherever I go, wherever I am. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I hope that doesn't sound like it's coming from the ego because it's not. It's coming yeah. from the heart. So yeah. so to go back to, to where loneliness. I was, yeah, the loneliness. loneliness. So I'm on this journey, uh-huh. and I'm in ha- I am having just incredible experience after incredible incredible experience. Uh-huh. Life is so full. It is so freaking awesome. Yeah. But I don't have a partner. I don't have uh-huh. someone to share that with. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of long-term relationships in my life. Yep. And I wasn't good at them. 
Okay. Uh, the first one ended in divorce. The second one ended. We we both agreed to part, and it was amicable. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't holistically complete. Sure. Um, and after the retreat, I came back and really spent uh, a, consider a considerable amount of time meditating, contemplating on what I thought a good relationship sh sh in, for me, I don't want to say should, would look like. Uh -huh. what I wanted so to visualizing manage. what it meant to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I have spent um, a fair amount of time thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, without having having someone to share um, all that I'm experiencing with brings yeah. up loneliness. Sure. But at the same time, so here's here's so that's that's the shadow. So I sat in that for hours and just felt it in my heart. Wasn't thinking about it really, just feeling it and just sitting with it and letting it just flow. Mm. And after a couple of hours, I started to feel what appears to be a dichotomy, which really isn't. And that is, I am love. <laughs> I need no one else for that to manifest. Right. Now, they seem contradictory, but they're not. Because when I say I am love and that I need no one else to manifest that, what, I, what I'm really saying is... I choose to act from a place of love. I choose to be in a place of love. And I radiate love. How important is it to you to be love and radiating love? Uh, it's uh, job one. <laughs> it's job one. So how does one get from this being job one now, to be love and radiating love, to literally maybe not even five to ten years ago managing 250 billion dollars for a corporate client yeah um, so <laughs> those two, two very different job ones <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very very different and and um, require different things could I have done my former job in my current state interesting question it's moot because I'm not going to go back to, <laughs> to that sort of life yeah um, I spent a lot of time in my mind. Uh-huh. Back then. Back then, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the first 61 years of my life were spent virtually in my mind. Um, um, I think you'd agree I'm a more than reasonably intelligent guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I was really, really good at what I did. Yeah. But I didn't love what I did. Uh-huh. I don't think it was meaningful. Sure. Um, it was good work in the sense, I mean, it was great work in the sense of the financial rewards. Uh -huh. um, I think what we were doing was ultimately a, a pretty good benefit. We were really trying to, we were helping, we were working with primarily pension funds. So everything we could do to help the pension fund really, flowing downstream, help those people who are retired. Yeah. So, so I saw it as a way to help people have a better retirement, have a better life. But it still wasn't deeply meaningful to me, Amrit. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the sort of thing that made me get up and go, Fuck 
Oh, sorry if that's no. Um, that's fine. That's oh, fine. Okay, good. Visa. <laughs> this, yeah. you know, I can't wait to get to work. I can't wait to do this. That that was not the way I was. Yeah, and that's part of the agenda of the Inspired Evolution Project is just the metaphor of no more snooze alarm. No more snooze alarm. <laughs> the, the metaphor that I use, and this is for me, is no more masks. Um, yeah, right. Um, doing something that I didn't find meaningful. Yep. And doing it really well meant I wore at least one mask. Mask at any given time. At least one. And I wore it well. I mean, yep. it would fit well. So none of the none of the yeah, light yeah. from behind that <laughs> would shine through. Even though I was enthusiastic and, you know, have a pretty good laugh. No, I have a great laugh. Um, um, I like how you're affirming that there's light behind the mask. <laughs> yeah, because there is. There yeah. is. Yeah, and totally. and I, I, I've reached a point in my life. And I, I feel incredibly blessed, and I hope this comes across in all humility, because yep. that is exactly how I feel. But I am, I've reached a point in my life where authenticity, integrity with self, um, really, really matters. Uh-huh. And when I'm operating in that, which I do, yep. it's so easy to be vulnerable. It's so easy to see the magic yeah. the enchanting magic that just fucking surrounds us <laughs> it abounds it's everywhere miracles are everywhere yeah right yeah i i totally agree with you but i'm just really i i and this is why i find your story so amazing because you know you like i said you spent 30 years you know like in a very like completely and utterly what would be defined as mainstream successful Oh, absolutely. You know, and yeah. and now it's, and um, I guess from a place of judgment, now it's like, and I try not to judge, but from the outside looking in, it's like, what are you doing? Like in your retirement, you're traveling around Australia in a camper van. And like you said, there is a chance for you to be lonely. Um, and like, surely like put your feet up, you know, get, get, your mar- get your marble kitchen bench top and, you know, get someone to come cook for you and do that. But that's not your, that's not your flow at Been all. Been there, done that. Yeah. And, it's yeah. Re- and I think that's what's really inspiring because I think a lot of people are still, well, myself included, you know, there is still an element of success and, you know, the nice car, the nice house and, you know, the financial rewards still running after that. But it's like almost like um, almost a juxtaposition of enlightenment and then what? Still chop wood, carry water. So it's like, okay, financial success and then what? Yeah. Still chop wood, carry water. And it's like, okay, so I still got to find meaning in the day to day and in everything. And I think that's what's really beautiful. The, the What I see in your story personally, and I can see it emanating out of you and you're aware of it too, is that just the, the pursuit for meaning mm. um, and that the the vibrancy and the vitality that that brings and the thirst and the hunger for life that that brings um, and just that it the, the novelty of life um, I yeah and I'm just amazed that uh, this is this is um, I've never I think you've okay so the quote is summed up by the the, the, the young couple that you met in New Zealand. They said this, and I hate to harp on about your age, but they said this to you, which completely resonates, is, I hope at your age, I'm like you. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hope I grow up to be just like you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that um, um, 
My voice is breaking because <laughs> I'm tearing up because that is um, a profound compliment. Isn't not, it? not, yeah, yeah, it is. It, um, that's not my goal. Mm. Um, but to hear that is like, wow. Yeah, it's very affirming. Yeah, very affirming. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, yeah. I want to spin something mm. out there. And, mm. um, you know, this is, these are the kind of conversations you and I have. So this is a, a completely appropriate, but different vein for the podcast. So have you thought about, because I've just discovered that a lot of the work you were doing was for, was for people that were retiring and, mm. you know, getting their pensions. So have you contemplated the idea that perhaps you facilitating and helping people on their path of retirement as a form of direct karma is why you're really enjoying yours? I have not thought about that at all. That's really an interesting perspective. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, wow. I'm going to have to meditate and contemplate on that. I think, I think that's, that's, that's really one of those... Well done, Emirate. That's really outside the box. What box? <laughs> that's how paradigm shifting it, it is. Um, outside speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really... Uh, that's an astute observation. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, why not? Sure. Fuck, why not? <laughs> I'll go with it. I'm just, like, I'm going to be absolutely transparent. I'm just gently patting myself on the back here. It's not often that John is lost for words. No, no. <laughs> and, and, and neither are you. Um, no, but that, that's really a, a, a... That's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to, to take home and ponder. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. <laughs> totally. Um, so, I also like in a similar vein. Um, you know, we were talking about loneliness, and I think it's really interesting that 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 comes up because I'm aware that uh, we were having this chat with um, on on the podcast in episode. Uh, I love that. I've done enough episodes now to to forget what the numbers are. Mm. So that's a good sign. Um, Who, who's it with? You remember? Sam. Am I Sam? Oh, uh, I haven't heard that one yet. Yep. And he um, he owns um, an, uh, the Urban Wellness Project. Beautiful brother, naturopath. And he was talking, and I, I really picked something up from there. Is like he really knows he's enjoying a moment when there is this compulsion. It's not even like an inner thing. It's like ah, I need to share this. Mm. <laughs> You know, it's like really coming from a deep place within. And he uses that as a litmus to go, oh, wow, this must be really good for me and my soul. Mm. If I can't even contain it, I'm, it must be shared. Mm. And I bring that in to sort of add to the conversation of, um, I guess, you know, the fact that, you know, because there are the three primary fears, which is I'm not enough, I'm not worthy of, uh, I'm, not, I'm not loved, and I'm alone. So obviously one drives each person more than the other. Mm. Um, everybody has their own relationship with those. And so yours is at the moment operating like loneliness. But I, I wonder, perhaps it's more amplified because there is so much joy and abundance and love and that you're experiencing that there is that innate need to share or need, <laughs> interesting word, um, innate desire to really want to share it because there's so much goodness in your way. Yeah, I, I I think that is absolutely an element. Um, um, I I also want to put to test my hypothesis. No, that's a long word. My my new understanding. 
new understanding and and really the the new completely new direction I want to go in, in relationships. Mm. Yeah, I, in in past relationships, you want to flex the paradigm. I want to I want to blow the fucking paradigm. <laughs> off the new one. Um, in past yeah. relationships. Um, I was more selfish than not. I thought about what's in it for me. Mm. Um, and, you know, so it's not surprising I wasn't that good at them. So when you, in your past relationships, when you were feeling like, you know, you were consistently looking from a self, more selfish perspective, because mm. um, I didn't know you back then, did you, did you share this same, um, you still, still had this enthusiasm for life? Um, no. Huh. Internally, I knew I had the capacity for it sure, and more. Of course. But I felt no. Let me let me take that back. I created situations that allowed whatever those internal challenges, fears were, uh-huh. to affirm the sort of bottling up of myself. You have something on your mirror. I, I wish I had it here so I could read it, but in essence, as I as I recall it, is my greatest fear isn't being enough. My greatest fear is shining like a fucking sun and being too much, and it does no one any good for me to bottle up my life. But that's what I did. I bottled up my life. And are you going to bring it up and read it? I'll read it. Yeah, good. Um, and that really resonated, and I would say that... that um, personified the way I was for the first 61 years of my life. Mm. I I would say, let me rephrase that. For the 61 years of my former life, I really feel like I was reborn in December. I am not writing a new chapter. I'm writing a new fucking book. Yeah. And I'm still in chapter one. Mm. And I feel incredibly blessed because I have a considerable amount of life experience in, in all humility, um, uh, quite a bit of wisdom yep. from the lessons that I've learned. Of course. Because I've fucked up a lot. Yeah, yeah. failure yeah. is a great lesson. Not great. failure. Not failure. You said this. Yeah, I asked yeah, yeah. you about your failures and you made a point to tell me that... For me, failure is only occurs if I fail to learn from the lesson that's presented presented to me mm. I think um, life is at least for me my life has been an opportunity to learn so many lessons mm. and from those lessons I tried to glean wisdom that I can integrate into my life and become a better person because it was the Buddha right that said that um, suffering will continue or it, it, I'm paraphrasing suffering will continue until you've learned your lesson yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. 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 And um, and I find that I, I often, I, I, time and time again, like I, I totally get it, but at the same time I often meditate on it because the thing that, that, that sort of tricks me out, and I, you can hear how cognitive I am in this process, um, I think the heart understands it better than the head, but let's talk about the head, is does what I'm, is it like, because obviously once suffering, suffering will end once I take on the lesson, is it such that the suffering stops like whatever's like let's say something's like prodding me in in the ribs yeah and that particular thing stops Mm. and therefore like once i've got the lesson or is it such that it's just an internal perception shift you know and that thing's still prodding me in the ribs but it's like oh wow okay 
this is kind of nice. It reminds me that I'm alive, you know, and as you, you change your annoyance to appreciation, you know, and I, mm. I often sort of ruminate on that within that quote as to is it the external or the internal? Is it the suffering ends or is it the lesson arrives and the suffering doesn't look like suffering anymore? You know? Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, probably. I enjoy that one a lot. Mm. Just to sort of, um, just to, just to... Uh, circle the, back. Yeah, just to circle back and share this, uh, this quote that is uh, written on my mirror that John was referring to. Um, it says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own lights shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Mm. That's Marianne Williamson. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. She Sublime, wrote, beyond beautiful. Beyond beautiful. She writes um, a course on miracles, mm. which was recently gifted to me by Natalie. She, mm. um, after, after her podcast, yeah, it was a really amazing gift to receive. Mm. Really excited to, to tune into that. Lovely. But I think that, yeah, completely sums up what you're, what you're saying about the fears. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the way I, I can't remember. I've sort of lost the thread. But I was, I was speaking to the way I lived in my prior life. Um, and now, I, I, I just knocked... I, I not only pulled the cover off the box, I knocked the fucking walls down. Mm. So what... Was there always a, a, an innate desire to, to, to lift the mask, to come out of that corporate John and into this heartfelt, like, heart-centered John? Was yeah. that always waiting to happen? Yeah, it was, actually. I, I can... Um, my sense from my earliest days is that I have been searching for meaning. Right. And... Um, uh, because of the way I was brought up, because of uh, just a whole number of issues. Um, I've always been pretty successful, as defined by the external standards. Yeah. Um, but was always feeling restless, mm. was always in search for more. ISM ism in search for more and that and that relates to me <laughs> because I'm gonna get really vulnerable. It's, I mean, it's not that big a deal. I'm gonna be get really transparent. Thank you. So when I was younger when I was your age mm. I drank a lot. I drank more by the time I was 30 than most heavy drinkers will drink in a lifetime. I drank so much Amrit and audience that um, the last six months when I consumed alcohol, I would actually move into a blackout period. Yeah. After drinking two beers. Yeah, after drinking two, two beers, two straight into beers a blackout. Would, would put me into a blackout. So I went and um, saw somebody, and they said, uh, "Yeah, you're an alcoholic." And this was after it caused some problems with with my wife. Yeah. And um, so I quit drinking. 
And the, at the, the age of? At the age of? 30. Uh, let's see, I'd have to do the uh, 80. Yeah, the age of 30. Uh, 29, actually. Um, I went, uh, yeah, I saw uh, uh, an expert in alcohol and yep. the abuse of other Rehabilitation drugs. Rehabilitation and that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, well, the, yeah, it, you know, it didn't get to the rehab point, but but I mean, it was, it's a guy whose expertise was that, and and I remember at the end of our hour long session, he confirmed that yes, I'm an alcoholic, and um, I said, great, I'm done drinking, and he, he started laughing. He had the same response that you did. He says, do you know how many people sit in that chair that you're sitting in and say the same thing? I guarantee you. That you will drink again before you come back in a week's time. And I said, you're wrong. I'm done. And I've not had a drink since. No big deal. I mean, it, for me, I looked at it like I, I have an issue with it. My body can't process it. Mm. It's like being allergic to cats. At the time, I was allergic to cats. You know what I did? I stayed away from fucking cats. Yeah. So I was allergic to alcohol. I yeah. stayed away from alcohol. Right. But um, the ism in alcoholism, mm. some people say in search for more. Some people say ism stands for in search for meaning. Uh-huh. I tried to fill the void that alcohol tried to fill, sort of created this mass that it filled uh-huh. by doing other things. Yep. Workaholism. Uh-huh. I, had, I had lots of isms. And it was... Um, uh, yeah, I'll get real transparent. So I cheated on my wife mm. a number of times on business trips. And she caught me. And we went to therapy. And really an astute, astute woman. She's, she's dead now. Her name was Pearl Rose. I'm, and I'm absolutely certain she is one of my, if not my primary spirit guide. Right. I still feel her presence. But she said, John, when you quit drinking whatever it was, 15, 20 years ago, you took care of the alcohol, but you didn't take care of the ism. Uh, you didn't take care that of the void. ism. Yeah, that void, yeah, that yeah. in search for more, that in search for meaning. Right. Yeah. So she put me on a different path. And it was one that was actually much more spiritual. She said, I want you to go to AA for 90 days. Do 90 meetings in 90 days. I actually did... You know, because I was sort of that perfectionist. Yeah, I'd get yeah, like yeah. ninety-three or ninety-four in ninety days. I wanted that that affirmation. I think there was still that. Yep. That uh, I wanted to be liked and you know all and affirmed and all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, everything that she told me to do, I did, and then some. And I really took it seriously because all of my life, I really had been searching for something more meaningful. Yeah. And I'd try something, and it seemed like it would work, but then after a while. It wasn't providing the return. Sure. And so I would move on to something else. Right. So I was always right. in search for more, always in search of meaning. Right. I get the I get the, the visual that as you were trying to fill the void with one particular shape, that would sort of start popping back out and you try and find another shape to put back in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This um, story is really, you know, another another congruence which just you know i'm again a surprise is is an interesting word these days <laughs> mm. but um but yeah like it was actually this year that 
I stopped drinking alcohol. Ah. And um, if you know, and thank you for going there. Um, and I wasn't aware that this is where the the podcast is going to go today, but here we are. Um, so yeah, the you know, I I have had issues with alcohol myself. Um, for me, it's binge drinking, which is widely celebrated oh, in yeah. Western culture. Absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't the frequency as much as it was like if we're going to drink, we're going to go hard out. Yeah. And we're going to just like. So my nickname in high school was the sponge mm. because I was the guy that would absorb all the alcohol. Yeah. Um, my parents owned a restaurant. I'd literally just take a whole bottle of like whatever whiskey and just rock up to a party and just drink it all. I remember the first time I went to a party, party started at 7. By 8.30, I'd necked a bottle, a 1.125 litre of Johnny Walker Black. Mm. I drank four homebrews and people were rocking up for the party at 9 o'clock at 8.30 I was in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. With alcohol poisoning. Alcohol poisoning. They never did that when I was your age. Yeah. We just got sick and went home. Yeah. See, I was I was out. Mm, I was yeah. out. Apparently my heart stopped and everything. Like it wow. was and I was blessed because the lady whose house it was, she was a triad nurse. Mm. So she had me on my side and she was doing all the right things. Mm. Um and then I didn't drink for a year. Mm. For one year, I was completely scarred. Did not drink. Mm. Even the smell of it would make me, uh, you know. And it was the week. It's the weekend right before my birthday. Um, and then the next year, the weekend again, right before my birthday, I drank again. Same thing happened. Mm. I ended up drinking a whole bottle of whiskey. Mm. Um, and this time it was Jim Beam. Mm. And I completely <laughs> blacked out. And I went to the hospital. And it was it was a shame because I woke up in the hospital, and I was like. Oh, I'm here again. It was like a, it was like, you yeah. know, this was I like it was. A, I look back now, it was like, oh my god. Even as I'm speaking, it was like, oh, a pattern. Yeah. But I didn't re- realize it was a pattern, and I literally, no one discharged me. I pulled all these things off and just walked home. Mm. And I got home and pretended like my parents didn't even know what was going on, and they were looking at me like because I climbed in through a window, and they're like, what are you like? You're still stumbling around, and I was just and like you smell like out like, you know. And it was interesting because the first time round, my my dad laughed it off. My mum was really disappointed. Yeah. You know, my dad was like, ha men, live yeah. and learn. You right. know, my mum was like, wow, my little baby, what a retard. Mm. Yeah. And then my dad, second time around, was so disappointed. He was like, you didn't learn the fucking lesson. I, yeah. There's the failure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. So he, he, he definitely identified that as failure. Mm. Whereas my mum was like, she already had lost that. You know? Yeah. And that was this deep, deep thing. And since then, like, all through, you know, it's, alcohol has played a massive part in my life. Mm. It's been like, okay, so I, I, I finish, like I work really hard, study really hard, and I use it as a, I used to use it as a reward. Sure. I'd literally go out as soon as I finished a major assignment or a major piece of work or a major project, and I would go out and completely destroy myself. Yeah. And then I'd spend the next two to three days putting myself and my identity and everything back together, completely mm. dehydrated, liver's gone, trying to find the right food to sort myself back out, just completely struggling. The hangover's were just bad. Mm. And it got to a point where they were getting worse and worse to the point where I was like trying to select alcohols for what I was going to, what I was going to like, uh, in terms of what the hangover was going to be like. Mm. So like, I don't even like cider, but I started drinking cider because the hangover wasn't so bad. Right. And I got to a point where at the beginning of this year, similar sort of space that, you know, we, I think, yeah, we had a very transformative, pro- like, you know, travel period. And the beginning of this year must have been something remarkable. Um, because I came home and... I just, I didn't feel called to drink. Yep. Yeah. 
And I was like, my partner wasn't home. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to drink. And it was just, it's been really interesting now. Mm. Because every time, and this is not from a place of judgment, because I didn't voluntarily take on this perspective. It's just something that sort of happened, if you will. Um, but I see people drinking now. And for me, it's like they're smoking. Mm. And I don't get it. Like, I, I, there's something about me which is like, I don't get why that's happening. Mm. And, you know, with the smoking, because it's like, okay, there was some social aspect to it and now you're hooked. I get that. Mm. But in terms of, like, why would I pick up my first cigarette now that I'm this age and I know what it does and how addictive it can be? Mm. Like, I wouldn't go reach for it. Mm. You know, it's like, nah, there's, there's, no, there's nothing really driving me into pulling out the cigarette. So similarly, there's nothing really pulling me into that alcohol because I look at it and it's like, you know... For, for what benefit you know mm. um, and I do understand it has actually benefits for you like in terms of dropping your blood pressure helping with stress um, it can you know it can be beneficial for you but there are other ways to get those benefits as yeah, well absolutely and um, it's really interesting because I'm 28 and mm. your journey with this happened when you were 29 so I yeah it's it's nice to know that this is a path that has been walked before I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again um, but it's just nice to know that um, other people experience this sort of stuff. And I think I wouldn't be doing the story justice if I didn't share the idea that, you know, this sounds really loosely connected, but if it wasn't for giving up something like that. Mm. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I don't think the podcast would exist. Yeah, absolutely. There are other things like Mandala Moments, which is a philosophy night in my living room, which I gather every Saturday, uh, every Friday, every alternate Friday, sorry. My mind's somewhere else. Um, every alternate Friday. Mm. That wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for me giving up alcohol because I was still a social being and I wanted to hang out with people. So I was like, come over, we'll discuss philosophy, mm-hmm. spirituality, personal development. And I opened up my home to you guys and I'll brew chai. Right. You know, and people came and socialized over chai. Right. Um, and people got a lot out of it, but fundamentally I was just doing it for me. You know, it was amazing. And that same trajectory is what, like that gave birth to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, this, like, I love doing this, like you and me talking, sitting here and exploring life and, you know, like learning about ourselves and hoping that other people will question similar things and learn about themselves just through us, like being vulnerable enough to do it here. Um, I absolutely love it. And I'm aware that a lot of that came from shifting one small thing in my life, which was giving up something that 
um, used to be my way of blowing off steam or celebrating and it just now I'm more present in my life mm. um, I'm you know when surf when things surface like emotionally wow you know like I really have to sit with them mm. you know it's not like oh, I'll just have, I'll just hit the piss and you know think about it later mm. it's like literally I have to like okay so I'm not feeling great it's mm. like okay, what is it that's triggered me to not feel great you know and it's there's, there's very little escape from that when you're not drinking alcohol serves great escapism Oh, alcohol is a great, a great mask, <laughs> um, or 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 allows the mask to to sit well. I mean, a lot of I, I think a lot of people. This is based on my experience, so I'm going to change the pronoun. When I drank in social situations, I found alcohol to be a social lubricant that I could connect on a really superficial level that I didn't have to take the risk and make myself vulnerable because uh -huh. I didn't like to make myself vulnerable. I just absolutely was frightened of it. Yep. Was frightened and it came back to those fears that you you uh, delineated earlier. You know, that feeling of not being worthy. Um, alcohol, geez, I mean, everybody gets a little buzzed or really buzzed and you know, if 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 the masks the masks don't come off, they shift a little bit, and maybe a new mask comes on. <laughs> and multiple, multiple you take on masks. a different mask for a few well, for multiple, a few hours. A multiple multiple masks can be worn at the same time, or at least that's my experience. And mm. um, I was really really adept at wearing masks. So obviously, I think I'm straight on to a tangent, but like I think a lot of that. I'm just projecting here, but might have to do with the fact that you were so good at your job as well, like being in corporate. Um, a lot of the social interactions are, you know, a lot of the <coughs> gatherings, a lot of the sitting down and interacting, a lot of that has to do over alcohol as well. Mm hmm And I didn't in, in the corporate thing. I, I was probably right, two yeah. years in, within two years of the start of my career, I quit drinking. And, uh -huh, sorry. and yeah, and, totally, totally, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, being around people that drank never bothered me. Yep. And it actually bothered a number of my friends when I first quit drinking. And I think my guess is because um, there's sort of that guilt by association. Well, fuck, if he's an alcoholic and he drank and I drank like him, what does that mean for me? Mm. So there was there was a bit of social ostracization sure. um, for a couple of years, but that got worked through. Yep, um, yep. Um, no, not work through it. Just after a while, you got I was, over it. I was yeah. or they got over it. Yeah, right. They got over it. So replacing the ism. So you went from alcoholism to workaholism. Yeah, I tried everything. I mean, I, 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 I jumped into hardcore exercise, uh, traveling uh, as much as I did uh, away from my wife. It wasn't a great relationship. She's a beautiful woman, but we were not a great, a great pair. We, we, um, yeah, we just weren't. Um, and I, and I wasn't a good husband. I cheated on her. So, um, I threw myself into, I don't think I was a sex addict, but maybe I was, I don't, I don't think I was. Um, yeah. And that was another thing. And what I found was, you know, at first I, so I would, I would engage the services of, high-class escorts, just really beautiful women, good technically uh, from in, in a sexual sense. And uh, first couple of months, it was fun. It was actually kind of exciting. 
But after a while, not that long, I found that it wasn't the sex that I was after. Mm-hmm. It was trying to connect. Connection. It was really connection and and more meaningful. And here I was paying women mm. to play a role. And I was looking for something authentic, which just couldn't happen. Yeah, and, ever. Yeah. And, and so that that magnified sort of the loneliness yeah wow yeah it's quite a desolate desperate sort of place to be in yeah behind the masks yeah the mask might be yeah yeah wearing masks is totally for me um totally inappropriate Mm. I, i i don't wear them anymore yeah. So, do you like this rebirthing? Do you think this idea of rebirthing at the like the end of last year um, is almost like you finding a cure for that void? Cure is an interesting word, but like a healthy relationship with that void, somewhat, or you're still there's still a loneliness. Um, but is that that feels like a different void, does it not? Because it's it, so much goodness has come into your life now that I feel like that's what you want to share. Perhaps that's what. Yeah, sorry. No, no, that's okay. No, no, that's that's all good. Yeah, the loneliness is still there. Um, but it's a different. It's a different. But it's got thing. a different dimension. Yeah. Here, here's the big difference. The rebirth for me occurred uh-huh. when I fell in love with myself. Yeah, I I can say that in my prior life for sixty one years, I never really felt that I loved myself. So was that the void that you didn't love yourself? Uh, that was certainly a large part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I because when when I shifted during the retreat and fell in love with myself and really sat. I think I fell in love with myself as a result of, of really spending time for a week looking at the fears, spending time in the places that I didn't like to be, mm. and then just processing all of that for, for, for a week, and then also looking at me more objectively. Instead of looking at myself through the filter of my old paradigm where I'm not worthy, yep. I actually saw myself... From more from the perspective of an outsider, and not looking at just sort of the uh, external success factors, right? Because yeah. actually, those didn't make they they weren't worth a hill of beans. That's probably a, an expression of the states. They weren't worth shit. Yeah. That <laughs> that's one. that's way more Aussie. Yeah, <laughs> that's way more Aussie. Uh, but they were they weren't worth shit. It, and in, internally, I knew I was a good person, even though. In the prior life, in the corporate setting, I could be really demanding. I was a perfectionist. A lot of that was was driven by my fear that, oh my God, if people really knew me for who I was, they wouldn't like me because right. I'm not worthy of being liked or loved. Or, right. You know, all this bullshit that I created. Yeah. I created nobody else. You take ownership of that. Absolutely. I take ownership of it all. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when I take owner, when I took ownership of it, well, this is mine. That means it doesn't have to be this way anymore yeah, because I own it. Right. I can shift the fucking paradigm mm-hmm. to whatever I want. So that was an intent. And what I want process. is to love myself. Right. What I want is to deeply connect with people. I want to create deeper, more meaningful relationships. I want to be a better man. 
I want to be present more. I want to embrace life. I want to I want to embrace the shadow. I want to embrace the light. I want to embrace it all. Right. And I want not the footprint, not the imprint. I want the space that I occupy to radiate joy and love. And so in order to do that, it started with owning your shit. started with owning my shit and it transcended, expanded to, to include really loving myself. Mm. And I have to say, you, you read it in the bio, I really love who I am. Yeah. I really do. And who you're becoming is And who I'm becoming and who I can become. Yeah. And the cool thing is, I'm in the first chapter of a whole new fucking book. At 62, bro. At 62, (laughs) but, you know, and and it's kind of wild because our mutual friend, Jace, um, at some point he said, it was on my birthday, he wished me happy birthday. He goes, dude, you got to contact Facebook because it says you're 62, but you got the the physique of a 40-year-old, which I took exception to. I think it's more like a pretty good 30 year old there's the ego there so fuck that and, and, and he goes on to say and the there's distinct moments where you come across as super American yeah yeah that's totally one of them it's yeah, like you yeah. totally forget John's American and then you have this that was one of those moments thank yeah, you yeah. you probably forget that I have an accent I certainly do but but he also went on to say you've got the, the wisdom of an 80 year old and and forget the numbers I do have life experience. I do have wisdom that's came from that life experience. But I'm on a whole new start. So I really do feel, Emmett, yeah. like I'm about 30. Physically, yeah. emotionally, energetically. Well, energetically, anyone that comes across you, I think it's very hard to deny that that's what's permeating out of your being. Yeah, you and, and you know, the, the interesting thing is the great majority of the people that I have really meaningful connections with... Mm. Um, they're Australian because yep. I've made those since I've been here mm-hmm. and they're all people your age plus or minus a couple well not minus you know probably the youngest might be 27 yeah yeah and the oldest I mean I have some that are a couple that are my age a mm. couple that are 40 mm. but most of them are in their early 30s so let's 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 flick that out because you've mentioned this to me in the past and I think it's really important for the listeners to hear is um <laughs> You know, I found this really inspirational. Is you living in the states had this thing where you were like, you weren't really sure about the future, and to put it lightly, the future of humanity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I left the states in February of this year. Um, after after going to Peru, I came back and just settled up some some personal affairs, um, and then. Went down to Mexico and then and then traveled to New Zealand for six weeks and landed in Oz in April. And it was in my travels, especially in New Zealand. Well, I'll back up. I left. I left America really disenchanted. I'm I'm not pleased with the way America behaves. Um, I don't like the politics that are the fashion right now. I don't like the hypocrisy and the greed of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of things to love, and there are a lot of things right now to to not like. And and I I I found more to not like than to like. 
But when I started traveling, and especially um, picked up on this in New Zealand, I was so enthralled by the energy and the optimism of young people. Um, their their acknowledgement that, yeah, the world's not a great place, but there's still magic. Mm. There's still stuff worth doing. Life's mm. still worth living. And and I found that my my pessimism became optimism. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I'm still not ready to go back to the States. I'll have to go back maybe in November or December. I'm not sure. Um, just to clean up some stuff, to get shit out of storage yep. and move to Australia. Yeah. Um, my friends that, that are back there, I, I, they stay in touch with them mainly on Facebook. And the majority of them are still pretty disenchanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not. Um so I'm not. The, the youth of this part of the world has given you more optimism. Yeah, you know it's interesting that you you mentioned this part of the world, and 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 I'll say yes to that. It wasn't just Kiwis that gave me the optimism because I met people from other countries, mm-hmm. um, all of them European. Right. It was the youth that were traveling. Travelers. Americans, Americans, just don't travel. You know, I, I don't know what the percentage of, of Americans who have passports is, but I got to think it's really low. Probably the lowest mm. if you stacked it up against um, other so-called developed nations. Right. Um, Americans are pretty, they're, they're, they're a variety of things, but, but there's a lot to see in America and most Americans don't even see that, mm. let alone the rest of the world. So it was the people from, yes, that were in this part of the world, be they um, Australians, Kiwis, or from someplace else visiting those places, um, who I found had a really good perspective and a lot of wisdom and ultimately a lot of optimism. So what I'm now leaning towards to, wanting to discuss is um, is the people you surround yourself with then. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, the people I surround myself with, I would characterize as uh, very spiritual. And for me, spirituality, um, it, it means living in, in uh, 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 an authenticity and integrity um, that resonates with the positive love-filled energy that permeates the universe. Um, so I, 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 I don't follow a traditional Christian path. I was raised Roman Catholic. My parents are still very devout Roman Catholics. They go to Mass every day. Yep. Um, since my rebirth, I've, I've gained an appreciation for how much value they get out of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that perspective yep. in my first life. Yep. Um, I'm not a Buddhist. I guess if I had, if, if there was a philosophy that I had to check a box on a form that would be the one that closely buddhism yeah yeah i think there's a lot of a lot of wisdom in in that philosophy mm-hmm. um but yeah there, there's i i think there is a definite positive love-filled energy that permeates the universe and when i'm resonating with that i'm being real spiritual and those are the people that I choose to, to associate with. Mm. Yeah. Because I think um, 
yeah I think it's really interesting because I often enjoy um, just bringing to people's uh, attention that you know a lot of what they think is in their own is their own is not their is own there, no no you know, actually like a big realisation I've had recently is that you know perhaps I don't even have thoughts you know perhaps I'm just an antenna and thoughts are just frequencies that are flying around mm. I know this is really out there but no, no, it's no. been an out there sure, podcast <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm just tuning into thoughts and just as easily as they came, they can go. Mm-hmm. And I believe in this, in that vein, I believe in priming in that you're primed in a certain way to pick up on certain frequencies. Mm. So if I consistently prime myself for grief, I'll continually pick up the frequencies of grief. Absolutely. If I continually prime myself for joy, I'll continually pick up the frequencies of joy. Um, but I guess what I was trying to, and so in that vein, if people are, if you're ju- you're picking up just frequencies and thoughts thoughts as frequencies from your environment, mm. um, in a somewhat of a juxtaposition, but probably not to the ownership idea, um, it's it's interesting because a lot of what people claim as their own is their thoughts and their identity from their thoughts, mm. and. You know, and I bring this in light of, you know, you identifying what, what it was like to be American before in the American culture and what it's like to be in New Zealand and Australian. And, um, it's really interesting because effectively what you, I use the word universal quite a bit as well. And, you know, mm. there are things that, and I got a lot of out of this from visiting Kenya and mm. visiting like literally just tribal people mm. and just seeing like, okay, that. The, you know like they have social context mm. but it's very different mm. very different you know and the anxieties don't really it's like what you know mm. and the, the you know it's the depression and it's like yeah, like it's very different very um in need of a better word but probably the apt word is basic you know when you get back to the basic you're this human being mm. which you know doesn't wear all this stuff that society is trying to make you wear. Yeah. And Western society is so bloody good at that. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, just knowing you and your message, um, I probably couldn't do it justice uh, without bringing up, as we are tying things up here, but uh, just really diving into the idea of uh, your thoughts on leadership and... Uh, it no longer being masculine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the... I hope that the days of old white men being in power are quickly numbered. Which is brilliant, because... I'm an old white guy. <laughs> in my prior life, I was an old white guy. Now I'm a young... Shapeshifter. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a tr- young, transparent guy. I like the thing. Um, you cast for the friendly ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, there, there's, there's. Uh, it saddens me that we have, we're at, we're at a stage in our existence where um, the feminine energy, which is sacred, hasn't played a larger more prominent role Mm. Um, there's a lot to be said with the feminine energy and their attributes Um, and we need more of that I think Um, 
One of the things, I think you mentioned this in my bio, at least I wrote it out. One of the things when I was in the retreat that, that I meditated on was, you know, what do I do when I grow up? I have some assets. I'm untethered. I really want to contribute to the greatest good possible. I want to leverage what I have. And my first thought was to create an artist community, build some small houses in the mountains outside of Seattle and have artists come and live for a year and, and, and bring beauty into the world because I was so dismayed at where America was. And that, again, the dominance of that, of, of not just old white men, but the values associated with, with the patriarchy, the power, the greed, the hypocrisy, the men's club, the good old boys network, um, and, and really the impotence underlying all of that. Mm. Um, I came to Australia and, and my vision expanded. I thought that perhaps I would begin an intentional community. Yep. And bring more artists in to that. And I thought that, um, well, one of, one of the things that I really wanted to do was to, A, make sure this was not my community. I was interested in facilitating its creation, yep. driving its creation. But I didn't want it to be my community. In fact, my intent would be to have it led by women. Mm-hmm. And because I love women, I love um, I love the way they feel. I love the way they think. I love the perspective is very different of a woman. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, mm. absolutely, and um, yeah, yeah, it's sacred. Mm. We all come from a womb. We do. Mm. We do. We and do. that is just magic into itself, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. And and yet, our, our society, Western society, be it Australia, be it America, mm. be, it, be it European nations, we've all but um, abandoned that, not only that notion, but the great value mm. that they bring. Do you think people are waking up to that? There are more and more women coming into places of... There are. I see. I, I, I see sometimes. Yes. I, the short answer is yes. I do believe there is more and more of that. I think um, 15, 20 years ago, some of the women coming into that, especially in corporate America, Very were trying to be men. Men. Yeah. And not just men, but alpha men. Yeah. They wanted to be more a man than a man. man. Yep. Um, and, and in doing so, they advanced because they were playing the that, game yeah. by their rules mask. and, and mm. wearing the man's mask. Yeah. Exactly. And wearing it really fucking good. Yeah. And they weren't bringing their innate talents and qualities and values and attributes mm. to the table. And so yeah. we were getting just more men. Yeah. Now I see that shifting. I see women going, no, I'm not going to... I'm. I, my integrity is non-negotiable. Mm. I'm bringing my best to the game. Yeah, because I've met recently some. Because I work in construction, and so some of the I've met some project managers that are female, mm. and some I've met one. <laughs> well, um, some. Yeah, but in an industry as heavily dominated by men as construction, um, she runs an amazing ship. 
Mm. Yeah, and it's you know it's she's an amazing communicator first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, her ability to communicate transcends every little dispute. You know, it's like whatever happens, she can she feels empathetically into the situation, and she's just she can you know she guides very differently to every other team that I've ever witnessed being guided you know and it's and it's got a lot to do with the fact that she's a woman you know well i mean from from my perspective a lot of the conflicts period mm. are really based out of fear the and the fear because of that industry because of most industries that men have mm. and one of the greatest fears certainly one of mine and i've witnessed it in others because it was a great fear of mine was that ability to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to open up. Women can transcend that. Women, and I think this is, I'm gonna articulate what I hear you say, what I heard you say, Emmerich. Women have the ability to create the causes and conditions that allow men to at least open up a little bit more without feeling threatened. Mm. I think that's one reason why women are great communicators because I think they listen with an empathy and a compassion that is foreign to most men so you touched on before that vulnerability obviously you you bring in vulnerability to the fore throughout this interview as well but also you see that in women being able to do that in men a lot so vulnerability oh yeah vulnerability is key Uh, vulnerability is this, this thought just popped into my head and it's resonating with my heart. Let's do it. Vulnerability is, is the hand that rips the fucking mask off. Yeah, right. Vulnerability is, um, creates the causes and conditions mm. that allow me to become stronger. And that's why it's true. Vulnerability is a strength. Totally. Agreed with you. Yeah. And, and, and without my being vulnerable, mm. I can I can't really be authentic with myself because I'm wearing a mask. So by definition, I'm not being authentic. Mm. Um, but I also can't connect in a, in a really meaningful way with someone else. Mm. Because they're meeting your representative. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. A mask. Which, yeah. which is, which is, which is false. So if, okay. So if there was, let's say, you're sitting there, mm. John picks up his phone, and you can call back, make a phone call to your 20-year-old self. Mm. What are you saying in this conversation? What are you telling him? Get out of your head. Get in your mind. Right. Right. Don't be afraid of being vulnerable. Uh-huh. Um, dive deep, deep, deep into the shadows. Right. Of your being. Of your being. Stuff embrace you them. Yeah. And embrace the light. Mm. Embrace the totality of who you are. Mm. And how does he do that? What's the actionable advice? The, the actionable advice of how to do that? Yeah. Well, that can be done in a lot of different ways. I mean, yep. it can be done in meditation. It can be done in... Well, I think I think meditation... I mean, just having, for me... Mm. Um, meditation it can be actually sitting with my ass on a cushion yep you know you, with a candle or no candle my eyes open my eyes closed silent mm-hmm. space or it can be in nature 
Yeah. I, I get out to nature a lot. That's your big one, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Because for me, nature being in nature is, is very meditative. Uh, when I'm hiking, it's a walking meditation more often than not. Um, and I love to lose myself to mm. find myself. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Poetically put. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So... If you could erect a billboard in Times Square, yeah, mm. in like the, the crux of that energy, yeah, like Times Square, what that means to you, obviously you know New York a lot better than I do, um, what would your billboard read? Wow. That's a great question. What would my, what would my billboard read? You are love. Mm. You need no one else for that to manifest. Nice. Nice. Love who you are. Love who you can become. Uh-huh. Love who you're becoming. Love who you can become. I think that's what I... So much love-filled optimism, man. That's... Well, I, I think in the end of the day... I love it. I, I, I think at the... In, not the end of the... I think in the present... I spent a lot of time in the present. Um, it really is about love mm. and joy. And and I choose to radiate joy and love. I, that sort of flows into the next question that I want to ask you is, who are you beyond your identity or your story? And I think that'll... I, I am love. <laughs> no, I, I think I am. And I think as... Um, I look at who I'm becoming and who I can become. I, I don't think I've, I'm a long ways from fully blossoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My my psychic garden mm-hmm. still needs to be cultivated and nourished. It, it's not as easy for weeds to sprout up, but certainly they can sprout up. So mm-hmm. it's it's there's a discipline there. Yep. But it's a discipline that starts with an open heart and an open mind and truly a love for myself, a love for you, Mm. a love for the audience, a love for all. And for me, it comes back to that, what what I defined as spirituality for me, is that resonance that Mm. I feel when when I'm integrity with the loving energy that permeates the universe. Mm. You used an antenna yeah. analogy, metaphor. I think it's ap- apropos. And my antenna, my my excuse me, my heart radio, mm. my soul's radio is tuned to those stations Broadcast love, mm-hmm. broadcast joy. Darastafari. And, <laughs> and, and I'm a fucking repeater. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Yeah. On loop. All the good vibes. Yeah, and it and it doesn't mean that every that it's my life is all just smiles and shits oh, and grins. Fuck it's not. Yeah. No, no. The loneliness is profound at times. Mm. But that's okay because the love that I manifest 
mm. without the need for anyone else is even more powerful even more powerful i i embrace the shadows because for me that's where my growth has come from uh -huh. the work is challenging it ha it was challenging my first life it's challenging in this life mm -hmm. but it is so rewarding mm. a year ago well in my first life you and I would not be having this conversation <laughs> you and I would not have known one another yeah. if we would have passed in the street I would have thought there's just another young guy we have nothing in common <laughs> seriously how and, interesting to play that game yeah, yeah right but but truly my life is so my new life is completely different than my old life and I tune into the enthusiasm and the love and the joy that's around me and the magic. And it truly does abound and surround all of us. Mm. Now, whether we choose to apprehend it, to know it in our heart, to understand it in our mind at the same time, and to appreciate it, is a different story. I choose to apprehend and appreciate the love, the joy, the magic. That's everywhere. And I also believe that every single person is divine. Sometimes it has taken me more work to understand or to perceive that divinity. Mm -hmm. um, especially in my old life when I felt slighted by someone. When I was laid off, I was so fucking pissed off at, the, at, at my bosses. Because they had told me, you're, you're a fucking superstar. You have the biggest, most important clients. They love you. You're the most senior. No fucking way you're getting laid off. So I was laid off. I mean, everything, boom, talk about a paradigm shift, blow to the ego, all that shit happening. Yeah. And, and uh, I won't say that I've sat down and written those guys a thank you note. Mm-hmm. But I have very much uh, reconciled myself and really appreciate the fact that they did what they did because it set the stage for my rebirth, for mm. where I am right now. If I hadn't been laid off, chances are probably pretty good that I'd be dead now. I mean, part of the frustration and the loneliness that I felt when I was I was younger uh, in my other life um, fueled weight gain fueled diabetes which one can easily perceive or I can easily perceive that as a form of suicide self-death slow mm -hmm. suicide right mm -hmm. I wasn't gonna drink again and I yeah I, 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 I didn't see that but I could see other ways of of trying to fill the void and 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 as Thoreau said of many men leading leading a life living a life of quiet desperation that ain't me anymore yeah <laughs> and I have no desire to go back to yep. what I was why been there done that hmm. I think that's um, I think that's kind of the the what the you know when people ask me you know who's this podcast for I think it's for those that might be living in that space you know of quiet desperation 
and my agenda in, in this podcasting is to try and bring as many people as possible um, on the show that are living life on their own terms, that absolutely love their life, um, or learning to love their life um, with, the, with, the, with the light and the shadow and, you know, the goodness and the badness in it, or good and bad is an interesting label, but, you know, the, right. the, white, and the white and the black and, you know, all the greys in between. And, um, and yeah, I find that, um, that, yeah, that's really interesting when you, when you said that that really hit home, that mm. living a life of quiet desperation, that's a powerful, succinct quote, you know, and it's trying to, again, like I said, my gender is to stack as many stories as possible on top of each other that people realize that this, this way of living is available, you know, totally available to all these people. And I'm just another person and you know let's let's go do it let's let's go and you know like we take some work going into our shadow which is what you're like uh promoting here i guess um then do it but um also you know allow that to be a springboard to go in and you know tune into living the life that you want to live beyond the mask drop them for a second feel into you know um you you can literally tune into what you want to tune into just take a moment to own what's not yours and then on the back of that you can just tune into whatever it is um, that you've just created space for by owning what you want to shift because that only then can it really shift once you've owned it and then love, joy, abundance, happiness, you know, it's available to you. And uh, the way I see it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's really, yeah, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, this is what I love, uh, you know, one of the driving uh, values of this podcast is wisdom. Mm. And for me, wisdom is, uh, is knowledge applied. Mm. You know, so knowledge is, is great. Um, you know, um, and they say knowledge is power. I think wisdom is power. You know, knowledge applied really gives you that oof for I think, me. I think actually wisdom sets a stage for power. I think integration of mm-hmm. the wisdom. Not the, not the okay, I understand the lesson mm-hmm. and I can see how it would apply, but actually integrating it. So that's another applying. level. So it's taking the knowledge to integrate the knowledge to become wisdom and then integrating the wisdom. Integrating the wisdom. I think, I think right. um, in, in, in um, every culture mm. has a hero's journey. Mm. And the hero starts off on a conquest in, you know, a common one in, in Western mythology is slaying of the dragon. So he goes into the forest, into the cave, slays the dragon, right? Yeah. Well, then he has to make his way back and, and really receive the boon. And it's, it's, it's that, that journey back mm. is, is really the integration, <laughs> right? And so I think, I think that's where the power comes from, for me, for me. Beautiful. Yeah, really profound. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. And uh, I think what I was going to say was, um, yeah, just in, in that vein of having embodied what you're sharing for those that know you know Mm. that you know um you're embodying everything that you're sharing because yeah like we when we started the podcast i was sharing that you know you know all the financial abundance and you know investment and everything being set and like we were discussing have people do things for you and drive the nice car and have the nice house and all this sort of stuff to go from that to a very different sort of way of living you know um it it sounds rough, but it, it, it's expanding your heart, you know, and really pro- you've really prioritized that um, in terms of, you know, driving around Australia in, you know, in your camper van and connecting with the indigenous cultures because your heart is so big and they've got such profound stories and, you know, connecting with people. And I know you're just contributing to the lives everywhere you go and mm. you meet and 
yeah, definitely safe to say that, you know, Australia is better for having you here, brother. Like that's, <laughs> that's a blessing. Um, and yeah, you know, so um, I think just as I'm to words to, to wrap up on um, for me, um, you know, here it here it I, I guess the way I say it is here at Inspired Evolution. Like I really appreciate what you've done, and um, I really I was really excited to have you on because fundamentally for me my faith is that of I believe of a Sikh, um, and I Sikh in my language in Punjabi means to learn, mm. and um, for me it's learning is just the faith. It's the lifelong quest and the lifelong journey, and you don't just speak this message of learning but your being and you know at being who you are the journey and the story that you shared with us is one that firstly is imbued with lifelong learning mm. um and also the message in the background that it's never too late but also just that persistence of yeah, like I'm starting a new, I'm st- and, you know, and again and again and again, I'll be starting a new, and I'm consistently learning, and I'm here to learn, and you know, just what learning means to me as a faith, and then seeing you embody just that lifelong learning for me is, yeah, is uh, is an absolute blessing. So I really appreciate that, and uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for being who you are, mm. and um, I'd like to close out with just the fact that you know, at Inspired Evolution, we love the human journey. And uh, I'd like to wish you well on yours, brother. Ah, thank you, brother. Blessings. Mm-hmm. And blessings to all who tune in and, and uh, take the time to listen. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And for all of those everywhere, I would like to close by wishing that all your intentions manifest. Mm. Thank you for your blessings. Mm, Indeed. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 